Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Caterpillar podcast. And today's guest is C Files. Do you want to introduce yourself? Nope. <laughs> everybody right, knows well, and precise. Good everybody. Very good podcast. <laughs> well, and with that introduction out of the way, let's talk about the first topic for tonight: submarines. <sighs> so, I mean, we've gone over a lot of those changes in previous dev blocks, basically. I'm not sure why they didn't include submarines with the, the actual update. They basically waited, what, three days and then had an entire patch just to bring submarines back. Which you were super basically... happy about because all the, it meant all the replays from the previous patch that you could play, you then couldn't play <laughs> anymore. Yes, at, at least submarines have now even screwed. Well, they, we all knew that we were going to screw us, but they screwed me in an unexpected way. So. <laughs> it's an extra yeah. tiny bit of salt in the wound. Yes. So, so you can still get them with the regular missions, right? I think you do base experience and, and unlock yeah, them. Yeah, so the tier sixes, and then you actually have to play the tier sixes to get the tier eights and so forth. Oh, okay. uh, no, I didn't Do play them. No, I just played like the same ship 3,000 th times. Was I, not was I not paying attention enough to the actual combat missions? I guess uh, not. It was like 2,500 for the tier 8 and tier 10, not combined, but I just played okay. uh, Pusen all the way and then I unlocked to the tier 10. Okay. I just, I just, I don't know. I played a bunch of the tier sixes and then the tier eights popped up. So I assumed it was me playing the tier sixes that made the tier eights pop up. But I guess I was wrong. Uh, yeah, it's probably that you just need to play a ship with a certain minimum tier to unlock the higher tiers. I think it's over tier six. So, you know, therefore the tier six submarines would have counted, I suppose. True enough. Yep. So yeah, in their newest edition, submarines, well, they basically have more hit points. Uh, they have nerfed the anti-submarine warfare to do less damage. Basically, they want anti-submarine warfare to do damage over time, like with floodings. It's uh, it, it's it's funny because wargaming has has a way of. I don't think they're aware of it, but the way they word it, they they basically tell everyone their bad ideas. It's. Uh, it. There it is. However, bombing an area is also small, which is for entity. There was a sentence where I basically said that it's ineffective to focus submarines. Basically, you know what? They don't bother. If somebody else is airdropping that, we don't want uh, you to reward you for focusing down submarines. Just it is, I mean, my experience, especially of playing destroyers, has been that you don't bother because unless they're right underneath you, it's still way more effective for people with airdrop um, depth charges to go after subs. Oh, definitely. So, there's no, as I've said previously, they, they, they just seem like a parody of what they were in real life. And their, you know, their main adversary in real life is... Uh, probably uh, the thing they least have to worry about in World of Warships. Yeah. 
So, so I found the exact wording that I was looking for. This means that putting her under a barrage of airstrikes won't be an overly effective way using this armament. So Wargaming is straight out saying that assisting submarines with depth charges shouldn't be effective. They don't want that because their main damage is going to be flooding and you can only have one flooding. And speaking of that, so like yesterday I've, I was in the tier 10 Panation Cruiser, the new one, forgot its name. And the submarine surfaced like two kilometers in front of me, launched its torps and just you know, go down again. And I hit it the entire time while it was on the surface with my guns and then hit it with depth charges once it was, you know, diving and it just escaped. And I missed all of its torpedoes because it was a rather inexperienced player. But if, if that person would have known how to aim torpedoes at two kilometers, I would have been dead without a counterplay. And that's a light cruiser, right? Surfacing two kilometers in front of a light cruiser. And you can't detect them because even Hydro if sees them at only two kilometers if they actually dive. Not that our nations have Hydro. And they have enough damage control parties that generally if you do get the oil leak mechanic coming into play, you, if you're safe, you can just surface and I think that automatically gets rid of it. Uh, or you can use the damage control party while you're underwater, which will also get rid of it. So that's like the one telltale while they're underwater, which is, you know, it's a new thing that at least now exists, but it's really easy to counter that if you're in a submarine. And the fact that you have limited DCPs doesn't really affect it that much in my admittedly so far limited experience. I've only played in uh, the tier sixes so far, but I really didn't find the oil leaks to be a problem. Yeah, but you also notice the oil leak is like for five seconds. What's that going to do? Nothing, really. Well, from having seen it from the surface, I mean, I have been on the other side where I was able to see where someone was from the oil leak. It kind of was like almost a, a trail of breadcrumbs, so it would appear on the surface for a couple of seconds, and then you'd see the the new oil leak, and then you could kind of infer where they were moving from that that trail. I mean, it helps a bit with aiming like your depth charges if you if you want, or it could help you angle against where you might think torpedoes are coming from. Mm -hmm. But the it's yeah, it's not overly effective. It's just a small thing. The problem is, as you said, they they have limited damage controllers, but I have like three of them, right? And considering that they are a lot harder to to kill now because depth charges don't do so much damage and because they have more hit points now. They can, once again, they can, not using the homing tops, but the regular tops, surface in front of a ship, like two kilometers, unload all of their tops, and then get away. And then they get hit with an oil leak and a flooding and a press damage con, and then they do the same thing again to the next ship, right? And they can probably pull that off like three times or so before they eventually get sunk, also depending on how much attention the, the enemy team plays. But the amount yeah, of damage but... they can do in a strike can like one-shot a ship. Sorry, I interrupted. That's going to be... I mean, you, you don't ever want to be a lone target in a game where there's subs and, you know, the submarine is near you because there's, there's not a lot you can do unless they completely mess things up in terms of, like, knowing where they are, where to angle against, where they're going to pop up. But if they start pinging you, you're going to have some idea. And obviously, once torps are in the water, you'll know at least which direction the torpedoes are coming from. But even then, it, it's it's like uh, I don't know. It's almost like the old days of invisi firing destroyers, where 
yeah, you can see where the shells are coming from, but... It's not like you can do anything about it. Yeah. There's a reason they took that out of the game. It's, well, I mean... Oh, sorry, No, no, just go on. It's, it's also that I still think, like, the homing... I haven't encountered that much homing yet, so I can't tell you how effective they are currently. Homing, they're also... They, I think the Germans are supposed to be better with homing, but homing is still just a terrible mechanic. And the really dangerous submarines are usually the ones that just pop up right in front of your nose because you can't see them until they're two kilometers in front of you, technically. They just, you know, surface, launch all the troops, and then go down again. And I mean, at this range, you're not going to dodge usually. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the homing has a shorter... Arm, uh, arming time than actually the other torps have. Like it's 1.9 on the German, the non homing ones, and like 1.6, I think it was the homing one. So it's like a big difference. So if you pop up two kilometers in front and the person just sails straight forward, you won't arm them, the non homing ones. Yeah, okay, it, it depends on, on the movement, but generally you don't want to. Pop up of a ship that goes towards you anyway. You'd want to see its broadside, basically. And I mean, you don't necessarily need to be two kilometers. It can also be free. It's just that two kilometers is where actually hydro can pick you up when you are, when you are under the water, right? It's the, it, it, in two kilometers, you can actually take this up with something, right? So that's the closest they can possibly get without being seen. So, yeah. I was playing some subs today in the morning. Uh, The homing seems to be like, it's still the same as it was like two patches ago, if I'm not totally incorrect. They still stop homing uh, around like 800 meters. Mm -hmm. Then they stop turning. So I think it's kind of balanced. But there is like some other things they should balance instead of like the homing torps or the damages. I mean, honestly, I should just get rid of the homing. Homing, I think, is a terrible mechanic. Also, it's like if you use the non-homing troops, it's already that uh, pings no longer work. So if you are focusing on the non-homing troops, you don't even need pings anymore. So why not just get rid of this entire... Yeah, uh, what, you know concept. the length of the torps then? Like, they're way shorter. They're not like the 11 km. On the German yep. ones, they were like 6km. Are you going to pop up like 6km in front of somebody? No. I mean, the, the, the problem is that if you... Like, the problem is that you can't really detect subs, right? So they, they can get as close as they want almost. And they are now survivable enough that they can actually just pop up, launch their stuff, and be on their merry way. There's a trend and track them down. And it at least used to be like with the last patch that submarines were very squishy. So if the ships actually shot the submarine and then dropped all of the airstrikes on it, then the submarine was probably dead. But now Wargaming has ensured that sub gets away. It's certainly a lot 
easier than before. Like there was one game where I was in a situation I I well, it was like a Mutsuki or something chasing after me. So, you know, terrible guns, but um I, w- I was forced to the surface because I ran out of, of air and everyone around me had managed to die, but the 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 second last person had set fire on the Mutsuki, so I was forced to the surface, but the Mutsuki was burning away, so it, it managed to shoot away like a third of my health before it died. Which I, I feel like previously, even with the Mutsuki's terrible guns, I probably would not have survived that necessarily, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it just felt weird being forced to the surface next to a destroyer and walking away being the one alive. Yeah, because submarines were, were there were absolutely glass cannons, and I mean they were still powerful. So they were like, well, how about well our our spreadsheets and submarines die too quickly, so how will we make them more survive? I also like once again that the wording here. Just something else from the article, like ships can nullify ping hit sectors by using damage control party. However. If the submarine hits the same ship once or twice in the same sector, torpedoes get their homing bonus again. So basically, even in their article where they say, like, look, don't even bother damage conning. It's just going to ping you again anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times where someone's used it and I've been able to just retarget the torpedoes. There was sufficient time to do that. Yeah, unless, unless it's a very long-lasting damage con or the, the torpedoes are still very far uh a very long-lasting damage con, right? Then maybe it's it's yeah. If you're using the damage con mod, perhaps you can probably outlast it. But then the next launch, you're just caught with your pants down. But in most cases, even the same launch of torps, you can't counter with damage con. And also, like if you target a person with your torps, it would actually say this person cannot be pinged. Well, not directly, but it says like it the ping will be nullified. Yeah. So it's like, uh. So you can just wait exactly how when that message disappears. And actually, then... Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, good work. It's like making the games too easy. Like, a kid is going to play this game soon. That, that's great. They, they can gamble in, in the shop. Yeah, uh, so. Well, basically, the subs are now more powerful is, is I think, the moral of the story. Certainly, and uh, as a of competent players, like they've, they've given the players that have figured out how to submarine, uh, like they're just that much more powerful now. I've encountered a couple of players in subs where they've just absolutely, they've not had basically any opposition on whatever flank they were on. And, you know, they've walked away with three or four kills and really high on the team list. Which, you know, totally balanced. I mean, it, it the, feels... not really any counter. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the carriers all over again. It's like, uh, hey, in order to get people to play this class and be effective, we just remove counterplay. And... It it almost feels like the the there is simple like you can there is a limit on how many ships you can be def uh and death strike because you know every time you like surface in front of someone you probably take some damage, right? So it's like yeah, okay, as a submarine you get to kill like three or four ships and then maybe your health is depleted if the enemy pays attention. 
Which is always a big if. <laughs> Which is a big if, yes. <laughs> what I noticed, like with the battles I had, and we were having a sub in the enemy team or in my team, either if the sub player is good, he is like quite high up on the list, like base experience, or if he's less competent, let's call it like that in a nice way, then he's in the bottom, not like between the bottom. Yeah. He is in the bottom. Either they they perform good, or they're just like a, I don't know, a tool. I think yeah, I think that's that's been kind of how things have been with subs pretty much all along, especially now. Uh, we're at a stage where people have had multiple patches, even if they've not been contiguous patches, to play around with submarines. And um, uh, so you, you've got these players in them that that can be quite competent. And uh, especially, you know, if there's a bit of luck involved as well, if you, you, you get yourself a situation where counterplay isn't even remotely possible, um, then uh, yeah, they can wreck face. But uh, yeah, the, the, then there's just the other extreme of people derping around and getting sunk really quickly, and not or, or else surviving but having absolutely minimal impact because they they don't really understand um, positioning or how to read the minimap or anything like that. And so they aren't able to use the the the, the tools that submarines have that can be really powerful <laughs> if used right, and really hard to counter. Well, there was one game where a sub only pops up at the very end as actually being spotted, and there was basically uh, the only indication where they were um, on any flank uh, was that they'd sunk a couple of ships. But I had no idea what their actual position was until they popped up to the surface right at the very end because they'd not been detected at any point. And uh, that, that was the first point where they targeted me. So I had, uh, I had the idea of... Uh, Oh yeah, there's a submarine there. <laughs> at which point they'd already killed three of my allies, and there wasn't really anything to do about it at that stage. Yeah, it's it's a bit like the flanking destroyer. I mean, destroyers sometimes get away with that too. But against destroyers, you'd you'd have like, for example, radar ships, or you'd have your own destroyers to counter them. Or I as much as said, carriers, a carrier could could like spot them. Yeah, against the submarine. Well, I mean, it's a game without carriers as well, yeah. so there wasn't like without a carrier in play. That there is basically no possibility of of a sub just getting um, spotted while it's trying to stay sneaky on the surface. Yeah, I mean, technically, subs could find other subs, but the sub versus sub combat is so awkward that nobody mm. would ever bother. And subs aren't fast enough to like react to this. Like they aren't, while subs are pretty fast in this game, especially compared to historical speeds, they aren't like destroyer level fast. So they have a harder time and they can't be detected realistically with hydro or radar. Well, and be radar on the surface and they can be hydro on surface and periscope depth, but like the tools just aren't there really to find them. And of course, if they do make the tools to fight them way more powerful, then suddenly some subs become completely useless. It's almost like they're incredibly hard to balance in a game that was never meant to have them in in the first place. <laughs> Weirdly enough, Sh- shocking. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I tell you, it's like shooting yourself on the foot. Yeah, uh, Wargaming's pretty good at that. 
<laughs> you also still can't take them in um, operations, which I I don't know why that's the case. Would at least be interesting to try subs in operations in, in the one mode where they might actually have a place without being just not fun. For I mean, definitely. Most people, but, you know, I I guess if you put them in operations, they wouldn't be balanced for operations in, in the same way that they are definitely balanced for random battles. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, this, this would, I mean, I'm not... The- Personally, the biggest fan of operations, but imagine like you just get a few people together and you'd made like an operation with subs only in your team. I mean, that could be fun. Not sure if it would, if you'd manage to do the operation, but it would be a fun try. Uh, Jedi, did you try uh, if you can go inside training rooms with sub now? Because before you couldn't. Ah, that I haven't tried, but I do have the client open, so I could actually give that a go just now for science. Yeah, because that would actually be something good. My main complaint about subs is the cost of trying them out, and they are under-testing. Have them as the super ships, no credit gain, and, like, no minus or plus. If they want to test something... It's they didn't still... even reset submarine skills on commanders. No, they didn't. I know. I'm still having my Gunther on my joints. Yeah, which I, th- I, I, I realized that. I, I, I put in a commander I'd used last time, a 21-point commander, and, and, and was like, oh, well, I'm not respecting that because that's a 21-point commander. Why wouldn't they do that? Anyway, let's see if I can... Uh, it looks like it will let me. Oh, it will? That's kind of nice. Yeah. That's a big thing. Like, if you want to try out something, make the training room work for them. Otherwise, it's not the testing. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, you could go into the training room and, for example, test how good the homing is or how, how well you can dodge it and stuff. I'm too lazy to do that myself, I guess, but it's good that it's possible now. So, I mean, despite Wargaming's efforts, uh, sub, subs are still a no from me. <laughs> and from the community as a large too, from what I've seen so far. Yeah. It was definitely um, with a kind of sigh of resignation when I saw the, the thing pop up that they were coming back in. They they just waited a few days to screw us all over even more. Yeah. So, um. Should should we move on to the next topic? I I think so. I think we'll just be going round in circles about complaining about subs if we if we stick with them. I like that they have them, but like as the state they are in, like just throwing something that doesn't work and people knows about it. Just try them out and then say eventually, like, we tried it, it didn't work, thank you very much. And then scrap the idea. Don't keep on going for I don't know how many X years. I mean, they've said a couple of times now, if it doesn't work, we won't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll. They'll test it. Junk the idea, but there's no sign of that actually happening. They just keep sticking with it. 
Yeah, they will test it until it works. That's their philosophy, I think. Or until everyone's just been beaten into submission and accepts them through sheer exhaustion <laughs> of complaining about it. I think um, it's in the name sub mission. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I mean, what I think of, clearly. The, the problem is that Wargaming has very different ideas of what working means than we do or what the community as a whole do, right? For for most people, it'd be like working means that they fit into the game, they have their role, they are somewhat fun to play and uh, play against. For Wargaming, it's like, you know, we have this spreadsheet there and we need this amount of average damage and this amount of survival time and maybe this amount of win rate and then we're good to go. And if everything is on fire around us, that doesn't really matter because as long as the spreadsheet's fine. I I think, honestly, they should put the player experience first and foremost rather than spreadsheets, which is how it seems to be at the moment. Rather, you know, it's the other way around. Spreadsheets first. Well, it is a company. They need to earn money. That's one of the things. I do understand their way of thinking, but it's also like the players. I guess, but at, at this point, it really does seem to see, uh, seem to be like the sunk cost fallacy of you know they just keep putting more time and resources into tinkering with submarines instead of looking at the bottom line and going right you know let, let's cut our losses. This is still not working. It's still not particularly popular. Let, let's just uh, do the sensible thing and not spend any more money on it. But no, they just keep doing that instead so i don't know I, they need to see a hit in the player numbers i think or, or something like that until they would react and even then i i mean we'll we'll see what happens i'm not optimistic let's put it like I, i've certainly had a, a couple of games where it's you know like there's been like two subs and a cv and i'm in a destroyer and i just have to i just you know that's it i just stop playing after that game is done because it's just not fun at all. It's just frustrating at that point. And that's the reason I stopped playing World of Tanks, because it became far more frustrating than fun. And I, I really don't want World of Warships to end up in that same place. Yeah, but, you know, in World of Warships at least you aren't getting stunned by Oh, wait! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that moves us neatly on I suppose, it segues us to our our next big topic slash announcement, which is uh, they've decided that in order to bring back the uh, odd-tiered carriers, which I think we've known for a while they've wanted to do, uh, is that they're going to make them different than the existing lines in that they're going to be support carriers. No, no, they are not odd-tiered. They are still even-tiered. Oh, they're still going to be even-tiered, but I mean, they'll be, I reckon at least some of them will be the old, odd-tiered ones. Oh, yeah, no. had modeled. Uh, they're going to make a new tech tree line, so this is more content because people have nothing else to do, you know, yes. grinding. Yeah, these, these are going to be separate tech trees, as a, a, like how we have, um, you know, double battleship tech trees and double, yeah. double uh, destroyer branches and things like that. But, but as you've said, they, it's likely that they use the old carrier models that have been removed that used to be odd-tier regular carriers and just make them into even-tiered support carriers. Which we know by now that, that for Wargaming, 
modeling of ships is like that takes a really long time. It, it, it's a really resource intensive thing because compared to like Wall of Tanks, these are these are far more detailed models. There's far more going on, and um, there's there's probably more difficulty with uh, historical documents and deciding exactly you know in what year are we going to take the the outfit of X ship kind of thing. Um, so for them to be able to just use models that they've already made is probably going to be. Uh, like I'm not surprised that they wanted to take this resource they already had that wasn't currently in game and actually do something with it. But I just wish there were. Well, to be honest, I just wish there weren't any more CVs. But now it looks <laughs> like we're going to get more CVs. But at least it won't. Um... I mean, they're going to be in the same slot as as regular CVs, damaging CVs, whatever we want to call them. But uh, it, it might still, at least for a while, increase the overall, overall CV population. So that's that's not welcome. <laughs> I do not want that, not even a little bit. Well, I'm the opposite. I think like I like the idea, but why introduce a new ship line instead of testing them? Copy past like the current ships to like uh, uh, with the new things they want to try out instead of making a new ship line because people are I am tired of grinding new ships to just see how they work. That, that, there is precedent for that. I mean they have used um variants of existing models with, with different characteristics. I think did they do that with the Vermont and I'm sure they've done that with other other ships as well. Where they'll that they'll take the ship now, so. Yeah, they'll 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 copy paste it, they'll fill with the characteristics in order to try out a particular um, set up that they have in mind. So yeah, they they could have easily have done that with like one or two of, of the current ships instead of just announcing an entire line. So I don't know. Maybe they've done that in a closed test environment already. I mean, I but think I they how far advanced this concept is. I think the problem is, or what the, what I'm getting from this is, Wargaming wants to add more carriers, but they are running out of ideas how to differentiate carriers from each other, right? Because I mean, they've they've heavily leaned on the skip bombs for now, but mm. they don't have an idea how to make. They want to make more carrier lines, but how do they make carrier lines different? Because ultimately, that's new content that they can sell their player, right? And you said, see if it's your you're tired of grinding. That that's fine because Wargaming doesn't want you to grind. They want you to spend eighty thousand doubloons to skip the grind. <laughs> So, uh, they, they've just come up with how, how can we get more carrier lines in that are different? So they're like support carriers because people have for long suggested, I mean, people haven't suggested to sort of add support carriers. They've just, how about if carriers were more support vessels, right? People have said, you know, the damage carriers don't work so well that Wargaming wants to in the game. Why don't we balance that into more of a support role? And Wargaming was like, oh, you said support carriers. Hold your beer. We've we've got new lines for you. Yeah. So the headline is um, the stun bombs, but they're also uh, talking about um, aerial smoke screens as well as yeah. a new thing and chaff to nullify radar. So I mean that honestly, like the the one thing in all of this that I think. Like an anti radar or a, a radar hindering uh, consumable, actually, that 
that is kind of a neat idea, and that's probably been suggested a whole bunch in the past as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, stun mechanics in games generally are really quite unpopular, and certainly World of Tanks is absolutely no exception to that. And I don't think anyone really wants to see that coming to World of Warships. Even though it's not going to be quite the same, it's going to affect your consumables rather than slowing down your reload and um, um, slowing down like the various crew abilities that you have in World of Tanks. So it's 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 not going to be quite as as bad, but there's still a lot of potential there for it to be incredibly irritating to be on on the end of. I mean, and the, then it has to. It will have to have some fairly strong scorecard benefit to the player that's doing it, because, uh, as it says in the current concept, um, they'll do almost no damage and have a very low chance of setting fire. So it's almost purely going to be the the stun effect. And uh, yeah. just I mean, can you imagine being in a destroyer and being on 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 the end of that and like you can't use your smoke generator, you can't use your your your, your speed boost or anything like that, and you you know all the while you're being spotted by planes. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the thing with the stun is right. So they they can lock down your damage control part. The problem is damage control is often already. Um, not enough, right? Because as as the game has progressed, um, uh, fires or fire chances have been power crept in a way that sometimes one ship can relatively consistently set two fires on your ship, right? So if you're in a damage con, it you just get set on fire again. Now you can even lock down damage con, making like the overworked damage con even more useless. And that's that's just not really, I think, what we need. And then as you've touched on the smoke screen, right? Smoke is the last thing that's kind of or the only thing that really helps you against the carrier because of the spotting because either you can't shoot down planes fast enough to to get out of the spotting right or sometimes they can even spot you from out of your anti-air range and uh, you can't outrun them because planes are fast you know it, it, it's you can't hide behind islands because they can just see you still so the only thing to really defeat carrier uh, spotting is is a smoke, and now they can't just lock down your smoke, so you're even more screwed. It's uh, it's one of the 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 really bad ideas that Wargaming has come up with recently, I guess. Yeah, uh, like I said, the, the chaff thing, I kind of like the idea of, but the rest of it just leaves me a bit cold, to be honest. And uh... As as a solo ship, I really question how effective these would be. Like, if you were in a division and coordinating with people to try and block their damage control party or other consumables, for example, uh, and plus, you know, if, if you're at the same, uh, or well, not, maybe not exactly the same time, because obviously you only have one squadron up at a time, but, well, it depends, actually. You might be able to do it with the, the stun bomb squads, but the you could put down a smoke screen for some allies and then, you know, you, you go and spot for said allies and, uh, you know, stun somebody from, from using their countermeasures in the process, then uh, uh, that would be immensely frustrating to be on the targeting end of. I mean, they, they look very much like any support 
character in, in video games, they are focused on, on like teamwork, right? Or working together with your team. So they're going to be incredibly powerful, possibly if, if played correctly with your team assisting you mm. or are utterly useless if nobody takes advantage of what you're doing. Maybe, I mean, maybe they're counting on that being the limiting factor that they're, they all average out on the spreadsheet because, you know, people playing <laughs> solo probably won't do that well because, you know, random team play or lack thereof. Uh, and although they'll probably be potentially very, very powerful in a division with competent players or even semi-competent players, because even um, like you don't have to be the best players in the world to have a, a pretty decent impact on a a game in a division just because just the the ability to coordinate with a couple of other pow- uh, players is uh, a fairly powerful thing so um yeah I, it might well have a disproportionate effect there but you know in the spreadsheet it'll, it'll all balance out so it's it, it'll be fine totally it's not only like being in a division it's also like if there is two different CVs, like one support and one. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can literally kill ship by ship by ship because they won't have a chance. Like if you can just strike out their damage cone, their radar, their smokes. It's it's like a concept of these two people is ruling the world. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think you can get two carries in a tier. Ten or can? Yeah, you can. It's possible, sadly. Okay. Um, I mean, it would need some matchmaking because you can't division up two carriers, and I don't think they're gonna to change that. But if you find yourself in a two-carrier game with a support and then and regular carrier, it's gonna be a nightmare if they work together. But what's also a problem is right if they are basically the matchmaker treats them the same, so you can have one support carrier versus one regular carrier. So. Balancing those two to be equally effective is already going to be very hard. It's sort of like with, with cruisers, right? If you one team might have a non-radar cruiser and the other team has a radar cruiser, that's not ideal. And that can already screw matches a little bit. But at least from other ships, you have multi-bluffs usually. And no ship has that much match impact as a carrier. So if they want this to work somewhat, support carriers need to be performing on the level relatively close to the level of damage carriers. So by default, they need to design an overpowered carrier. And I'm very afraid of what that means because since a lot of people don't actually use uh, <laughs> team play, their support carrier must be tremendously strong with the support it offers so it can offset the, the damage carrier. But that also means like if a weak person, I mean like... Uh a less competent person is playing the support carrier. And if they go after his performance, that means also like they have to buff it. And if he's performing bad, that means they actually have to make either the planes being replenished really fast or the planes being uh, Roosevelt's. (laughs) Hmm. I imagine like Roosevelt's planes, but with support, like because the, 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 I mean, spotting is already like the best support that carrier can offer, right? So if they stick just over ships and spot them constantly and then occasionally just disable their damage counts and stuff, oh my god, don't, don't, 
We need to delete that from the podcast. Wargaming can't hear that. <laughs> I've already having nightmares about like the new support CVs. Like you're bringing my nightmare to a new level. Hello. I really, I don't like. It would have been maybe more interesting if they'd gone the other way and that you're buffing allies with a support CV with with abilities that would. I mean, I don't even know how it would work, but you know, you could uh, turn out fires. Is that what you maybe, mean? Maybe, yeah. It's like, yeah, even even like, um, uh, oh god, the thing in me mode where you have got the pickups in the ocean. Like, what if your planes could drop pickups for allies every so often that would give them, you know, a buff? Or yeah, you could put out fires or. Like if if you made it that style of support carrier, then I think that would certainly be the less unpopular option. Uh, I don't know how you would do it in terms of uh, uh, then you know rewarding players for for that, but uh, yeah, I, I think if it was that style of things, I, I for one would certainly be at least a bit more interested in the concept. Instead of it essentially being the uh, the stun class, you, you know you're you're onto something there. I, I would love that. Like you could have like that you can drop like water on a ship, right? You just fly with a planes above it, drop water, take care of a fire or so for them. You could drop like something like an additional consumable charge for a ship, or you could drop like a small heal that they can pick up. Or I mean, we are already in magical fairy dust land when it comes to. <laughs> Pretty what much, ships yeah. do in this game. So you could you could have a healing class. I mean, you could have a ship that just flies uh, like planes that fly on top of you and have a healing ray down to you. We, we don't need to maybe enter that much fairy dust territory yet. Well, I mean, you could uh, have, uh, instead of, you know, doing damage to the enemy team, you could have the, the kind of focus of it being... Um, Fighters to counter the enemy's attack squadrons, which is um, yeah, like an element of the gameplay that that sort of more or less went away with RTS carriers, and um, then have the kind of buffing slash healing abilities alongside that. So uh, yeah, that 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 could be a thing that I think people would would enjoy more. Certainly, I would I would find it a far more interesting concept. Yeah, like, I mean, support classes are usually not that popular in video games, but they have their audience, right? And it's not like they want, like, that many carriers per match anywhere. So if you give them, like, actual support abilities, like maybe healing ships in a certain way or buffing them or like, taking out fires and so on, just strengthening your team, there would probably be an audience there and it would make... I would be into that, right? I would find that interesting, right? Just just make make them... Instead of make them more toxic, just make them actually nice. Carrier that people are happy to see fly near them. I mean, can you imagine such a thing? I- imagine you load into a game and they're like, yes, we have a carrier! <laughs> just that, imagine. That's all gone. And that's something that uh, somebody in my chat like mentioned like yesterday. What if they, instead of drop... Uh, Having this this idea that support carriers are just like other carriers, make them odd tiers, right? Now, obviously, the problem is that they won't have a tier ten area, but 
basically it's like you have all even tier carriers like uh, the damage ones and the odd tier, the support ones. And then the matchmaking is also no longer a problem because you match like support carry with support carry. That would actually be logical. Whoever but, said that was a good man. Yeah, the only problem, of course, is then you wouldn't have a tier 10 and Wargaming is so invested in their tier 10, I guess, that they, they wouldn't want it. But if it's Fine, an but, actual but, support vessel, that's not that much of a problem because your plane health, for example, isn't that problematic if you are, like, supporting your team by, I don't know, healing them, dropping smoke, uh, buffing them, or so on. Uh, Jedi said it would be hard to calculate. It's actually quite easy. If you literally uh, turn out the fire of Atim's GK as he likes to burn in it, it's like <laughs> you're uh, like just nullifying the damage the fire would have done. And that's yeah, experience that's for you. Like, stuff like that, yeah. yeah yes, think... and like the amount of healing you're doing is like, let's say if every one health is equal to 0.2 experience, if you heal him for like, let's say 10,000 here, Healing, then it's let's say 100 experience, and it would be easy. Just make a like not make a too long cooldown, like two and a half minutes, but make the heal at least two or three people can pick it up. So, not only just one, because then you would just be biased against somebody. Let, let at least two or three people pick it up, mm-hmm. so then it like gathers people together so they can actually join forces, it enforces people maybe. I mean, one of the things they've they've done in the um, the sunray operation was the the consumables getting more powerful over time. So that that's a thing that exists already. So you could, um, I don't know, you do x amount of like support, and by the time you get to the end of the game, you know, you've got more powerful abilities available, maybe. But on the other hand, that might make it more unbalanced. So. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there is a lot of... I mean, all of this needs to be tested, right? And the, the experience earned, you'd need to do some actual testing and see how much a carrier can do per battle and then see how much you want to reward each activity with. Like, you could drop, like, a, you could have a repair platform. Like, you can have a plane that drops, a, I don't know, a little platform into to the game that lasts for, I don't know, 20 seconds and gives a small heal to, to ships in the area or things like that, or buffs that gives them a small, like, fire rate buff or whatever. It's like, I feel like if you, if you look at more, tra- uh, at, at other games like, uh, RPGs or so, there are a lot of possibilities for buffs. And, you know, it's hard to fit them into a more realistic setting, come up with something that makes sense. But as we've established, Wargaming isn't big on making sense anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. use that use that once to for for something positive, right? Instead of making like uh, way too fast uh, subs and homing torpedoes, just be like, yeah, okay, maybe we can drop repair platforms now. I mean, uh, I've... Is... yeah, sorry. I was just thinking, like, World of Tanks actually had an event where you shot your own tank allies. To heal them, this would also be like you know the CV concept, putting up something and then like starting healing them instantly. Oh yeah, I mean you could have planes that sort of attack a friendly ship with a heal. I mean you'd sort of need to at least come up with with a 
bit of a concept why that would work. I feel like, like, for example, you could drop water actually on a ship to, to like deal with the fire. I mean, not that you can like, uh, you can drop something on the ship to take out a fire possible and uh, help with that. There is a, a, even if it's not a historical sense, there is a certain bit of logic to it. Yeah, dropping uh, repair pots, just pure example. Yeah, Sorry just, for interrupting. Yeah. Like, just call it repair supplies or something. Just time wave it a bit and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, ships can... Yeah, you can You can drop... That reminds me on, on Star Trek Online where you can, like... It, it's like transport uh, uh, repair team where you can heal another ship. You basically beam over a repair crew. Just drop them with planes, right? We already have little parachute guys in the game, right? Instead of having bombs dropped from your planes, you drop little parachute guys, and when they hit the ship, then you get the uh, get the. Yeah, might have to might have to swim a bit to get to the ship, but uh, that's fine. Look, there you can br- bring skill in, right? Because you can drop them like regular bombs with the RNG, and then you can miss all of your repair guys, and they don't get the <laughs> and then you can blame your allies because they sail out of your your heal drop. A brand new opportunity for calling people a noob. Yeah, and then then flame each other because they're like, why didn't you drop the heal on me? And like, why didn't you sail out of my heal? So, uh, yeah, support carriers could be a force for good. They'll probably just be evil, though. <laughs> because there are, there are a lot of good ideas how to make this, this uh, good... Fun addition to the game, but wargaming is going with none of them. But it's it's only a close concept test, so there is still a there is still a lot of potential. It's just gonna probably be unused potential because we all know that first of all, wargaming is very bad listening to feedback, and second, if they have a concept, they usually claw or they get the teeth in it and don't wanna go. Now that they said the word stun bombs, they'll probably die on that hill. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's it's more likely than not, given their history. So there probably are examples one could point to that I can't think of any offhand that, that where they have dropped a concept or changed a concept, but it's it's the definite exception rather than the rule. Also, since we're on the topic of carriers, I I just wish they'd like this would also be a, a good opportunity to like move the spotting from carriers just to support carriers because we all know spotting is such a powerful support uh support that carriers provide. Just have the regular carriers only minimap spot and the support carriers be the spotters. It's like yeah, uh, it it I would mean, be that- such an easy idea. That would probably work, but only if you had the support carriers be a separate category for matchmaking. Because if if one team had a spotting carrier and the other team didn't, that would be potentially a big problem. I mean, if they can't do damage themselves, well, it depends on what support abilities they had at top of the spotting I mean, I think I think they would have to have some damage ability, but it would just have to be far less than the uh, the regular carriers. 
Anyway, there's potential there for something interesting, but of course, Wargaming is going in the opposite direction. Yes, yes. So, shall we move on? I guess we have a few more dev blocks. Yeah, I guess, I guess so, unless you've got anything else to add to the files. Nope. No? Okay, let's move on then, I guess. So we have, for example, the ship restrictions in clan battles, something that we've mentioned earlier, that basically panned Petro. And they've actually wrote a, a long post about how they do ship restrictions and so on. The most amazing thing I find about this whole text is that it never actually enters the mind to just balance ships. They, they go over how they, what they see as overperforming and how it popularity and win rate are both statistics that matter. And I have to also say in this mode, popularity is actually something that you have to figure in a lot because if, if everybody plays Petro, right, then always is a Petro on a winning and a losing team. Because in competitive, if everybody sort of plays the same setup, then win rate is meaningless in a sense. So, so you have to actually take a close look at popularity and win rate. So this is one of the, the times where popularity actually matters. So I'd agree with them on that part. But what I, I find interesting is that they have this long article, but they never actually come up with, you know, if, if everybody plays this ship and it's really effective, maybe we should nerf it. That doesn't enter like their, their thought process. Yeah. I mean, they probably have a different idea of, of what balance means for more limited modes like, uh, clan battles and ranked versus um, random battles. I mean, they, they clearly have a looser definition for random battles than they do clan and, and, and ranked as the uh, you know competitive modes. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it, it, the idea that they would look at that and go, maybe we should use this as a reason to perhaps look at this ship's balance. I mean, maybe they do. It just is absolutely not addressed in this article at all. So it, it kind of like we only have pure speculation that that maybe they do use that in that way to uh, look at the, the balance as a wider thing. But well, just in the context of this article, we get no hint of that whatsoever. Well, I mean, we have the evidence in that they don't actually balance the game. Now that said, uh, next dev block coming up is a small change to Petro where they, they actually try nerfing it again. So there is that, but it's been so long. If they'd actually used that data and worked on that, they would have acted. Yeah, that, I mean, incremental changes, sure, fine. We've talked about this in the past, but uh, sometimes the incremental changes seem to take a very long time to happen. It, it's inter it'll be interesting to see if that actually has... Uh, it's like presumably higher freeboard means the citadel will be a little easier or a bit or a lot easier to hit. I don't actually have a Petro to check, but um, that doesn't do anything to its ability to sit and bow tank and, you know, behave like a battleship and absorb ridiculous amounts of damage. That just means it's, it's potentially a bit more vulnerable when it's turning broadside, which is more of an incentive for people to, to just be angled and bow tank. So. That one almost seems a bit counterintuitive. I don't know. I mean, it punishes Petros more that play bad, so that's that's a good thing in that sense, and it also makes it a bigger target to hit. 
So even like, uh, it's not just that you have a higher chance of citadelling, it's a higher chance of actually getting a hit if there's more to shoot at. Now, of course, I think it still has in invisible armor plate and it's, it's, uh, icebreaker and so on. So there are still quite a few potential, uh, problems with the Petro, but it's at, at least they're now addressing the right thing, right? It's not like, hey, uh, a Petro is too tanky, um, half a second reload nerf. That's true. Yeah, it's actually addressing damage and survivability as opposed to... Oh, wait, I do have the Petro. <laughs> okay, yeah, a half a meter higher um, would potentially expose a fair bit more Citadel then. Yeah. Yeah, but the, in my opinion, the main problem with the Petro is not like it's overpowered. It's so overpowered that it is a shame to call it just overpowered, in my opinion. <laughs> but like... The the thing is like the underside of the petro does not exist. Why don't they just add that one also? Because that also gives a higher citadel chance. Because even if you go underwater, your shells hits the water. They can still hit the citadel. They still travel like let's say one and a half two meters. Add that part because technically a ship would not be able to sail. I know it's a napkin ship. I know that, but still make it a little bit more realistic. Too. Like add the under part two instead of just raising it a half meter. What's that? How many pixels like from 20 km from 15 km is that? It's nothing like four pixels, five pixels. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's gonna be like it doesn't sound like a lot, but maybe it's more than we. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so this is. Slightly weird nose. I mean, this is something where I say, uh, it's okay, do that, test it, see what happens. And if nothing happens, just keep nerfing the petrol. But it's, mm -hmm. it's, what I like about this is that they are finally going after the actual problem. When they said, okay, after like watching the petrol for two years, okay, it's a bit overpowered, or a lot overpowered. So we nerf its reload by half a second. That did obviously nothing, right? And it's also not addressing the problem. It's like, Hey, this ship is too accurate. Let's nerf its anti-air health. It's, it's, you know, when you want to balance a ship, it's not just about making a ship worse. It's finding what the problem with the ship is and addressing that specifically. And with the Patriots, the survivability. And that's what they're working on. Now, I, I don't really have much hope because they've done so little and so far apart with the Petro. But at least it's a sort of, fin finally, they, they're going after after the, the, the root of the problem, in a sense. I, would, I guess, yeah. I would rather see a one meter, uh, like, raise it one meter, and then see what happens. If, like, the, their win rate and their, uh, how should I call it, like, detonation or them getting uh, destroyed is, like, popping up way too high, then, then they can lower it. It's easier to just make it too uh, underpowered and then going from there than actually just raising it a little bit and then waiting oh, one and a half year and then maybe changing it like they did with the guns. I mean, I in, in a way, I agree. The, the, the thing is, right, small changes are good if they happen frequently, right? So there is no need for a big change if you want to make small changes. If they every month, they would reevaluate their data and apply changes, then it's fine if they make small changes. That's in my opinion. 
But as you've said, right, if they just, like, that's the same as last time. They're like, okay, finally, we're going to address Petro, but don't worry, we make frequent small, uh, small changes. And then they made a change, and then now they waited over half a year for the next change. That's not frequent. <laughs> so we'll have to see if they, they keep changing the Petro, or if it's just once again a token change to shut people up. On the same note, so they've uh, submerged Tashkent, I guess, to to make it a bit more powerful. Also, see what yeah, that's... I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the general opinion of the Tashkent is these days. Is it still called the trash can? But yeah, it's going to be a slightly smaller target to hit. That's probably going to have even less effect than the Petro, just because destroyers don't have citadels. So yeah, hooray! Above to Russians, finally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's same as Shell. I don't really know how, how the Tashkent is located. I don't have one. I haven't really played that. Well, actually, I might. I'm not sure. I think I've, I've unlocked it somewhere. I think you have the Tashkent. Yeah, but not in my port currently. Might have it unlocked, but uh, not really. I couldn't tell you how it performs currently. Well, other than that, there are some uh, bug fixes for S-chips. Not sure if there are any. Yeah, there, there, is, there is a bug with the breast and the Hornet, currently. And the San Diego seem to have an incorrect tracer color for Snapchat. Fairly minor stuff. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of articles on the portal we could maybe look at as well. So, um, yeah, the the, the turtle ship camo is now finally in the game. That looks yes, pretty cool. That was teased a while ago, and uh, if it was just the camo alone, I think I would, I would, I would buy it. I really like the look of it, but they're sticking the commander in there as well for the cheaper option. And then there's the really expensive option: thirty thousand doubloons. I think that's cheap compared to what they have done before in a tier 8. It was like twenty or 18,000. Just imagine it's one tier higher and it's even just a little bit more expensive for the people that have money. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a destroyer camo. So if it was like a battleship camo, I have no doubt they would have charged more. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, the good news is that, that the cheapest version is 7,500, I think, and it gets you the, the camo and the ship, because tech tree ships should definitely be on sale, right? And I'll charge yeah. you something on, on the blooms for a tech tree ship, obviously. You also get the 12-point commander with that one, which is... Okay. I mean, I guess that's fine. It's actually the commander you've been able to... There was a mission that you could click on. I think we mentioned this last time. There was a... Uh, the article with a mission you could click on to opt in and get uh, six points yisons in commander, so you can have multiple of this commander. Apparently, there's nothing. He doesn't have any special abilities. He's just a regular Pan Asian commander. But you know, if you're hurting for a a, a, a Pan Asian commander with decent um, skill points, then twelve is all right. You know, ten ten is kind of the minimum you, you want for most ships. So. 
I suppose that's all right if you if you're in the market for for that as well as the camo. I just want the camo though. I just want to buy the camo. I really hope it becomes available as a separate thing at some point in the future. And and he wears a cool hat. So the you sure. have technology that Captain wears a cool hat. Have you checked like if you go on the camo in in game, like on the camo tab, if you can buy it there? Sometimes I, they yes, you can. You can. Uh, uh, no, wait. Uh, sorry, I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I haven't checked. Oh, let's, I can uh, let me look at that right now. Then. Ah, uh, uh, no, no, you cannot. I wish you could actually do that because a ten point commander, most people can buy them for just credits. Like it's easy. Yeah. Like at least if they added this, most of the time, what I noticed when they're adding, uh, ca- like new captains, they're putting them on the tier one. And in my opinion, when you buy a ship, already make sure it's on that ship so it's trained for that ship. So you don't need to mm-hmm. retrain it additionally one extra time. Of course, I understand company money. But still, make it on that ship. Give it a special perk. When equipped on this ship, it gives you additional boost just so you feel more valuable that you actually bought something that is for the ship. Because the commander, you can put it on whatever you want to. Does it have any special voices? Most likely not. Does it have anything special? Yet. Yeah, if there was, if there was some real, like, I've already got a Chengmu with a trained captain. There's, there's, there's not much point for me getting another captain that I would then have to retrain and spend doubloons on elsewhere. That that would just cost me additional doubloons. That I don't want to but I just want the camo yeah. <laughs> just let me have the camo I really like the idea of more history themed camos including this one I just, I just I just want the camo wargaming the, the good news is that at least the smallest bundle basically is 7500 I think the last time they've sold camos like this they, they wanted at least 12,000 and it was a tier 8 for the smallest bundle it's still not they're still not just giving you the camo, which is a shame. But at least they I mean I I wanna almost say reasonable we all know it's not really a reasonable price for a camo, but in the World of Warships universe <laughs> it it might almost be a reasonable price. It it's not completely obscene compared to some prices. But of course you can also spend thirty thousand doubloons for but what does it actually give you? 18 items. Oh, that's, oh, you... that's the 12-point uh, commander. I was getting confused there. So, yeah. Okay, that's less generous. 12-point commander when you're spending 30,350 doubloons. Wow, okay. Uh, it does say somewhere. Uh, it's like a whole bunch of flags and things, I think. Just looking at it, like there is like in twelve more. The, the tooltip isn't big enough to show me all the stuff that's in there. But none of that is something that you really want. I yeah, the ten million credits. Uh, like if people, I do tend to play a lot of co-op nowadays because sadly the player base is less appealing. Let's put it that way. But like. If they at least gave you something additionally, because credits is so easy to earn, ten million credits is nothing. Like I, I, I can play one day uh, with without a uh, freaking a screen and still get ten million credits. 
Yeah, but they don't want you to actually have value there. They, they just want to make it sound exciting and get get your 30,000 doubloons. I mean, they have put some rare flags in, but it's only 10 of each. I don't know. This this feels an 150 of some of the regular flags, but only a couple of those. Uh, yeah, that, this, this, this feels like a really bloated, completely not worth the price bundle. The only just... thing in there that isn't in the other one is the, 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 the special flag. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just want to catch, I think, new players or so with that, with, with making it sound like an exciting battle. And then also, like, it's 25% off. Oh, you save so much money. No, well, no, you kind of waste all of your money. They just try to make it sound exciting and probably hoping to, to catch some new newer players who could also use the credits and such. But, Maybe. I mean, to a new player, I suppose 10 million sounds like a lot, but it's not really that much. You can buy like a sixth of a super ship with that. Um, if I'm just converting the amount of uh, the balloons you need for the original price without the discount... It's 1,351 Swedish crowns. Uh, that's like 130 euros. Would you buy a tier 9 for 130 euros? Mm, no. <laughs> I had 130 euros that I was going to spend on gaming stuff. I think I would spend it on more than just one, one ship in World of Warships. And that's a tree ship. Keep in mind, this is without the discount. Of course, 25% is not going to be that much. It's still going to be over 100 bucks or 100 euros, whatever you want. On one ship, as a new player, as a new player, you don't really want to spend money. You want to try it out first. That's the sad part. If they gave you, like, this has been, like, in my had for a long time. If they give you a ship where you could try it out for, let's say, three to five, maybe seven days, for a small cost of 100 doubloons, in my opinion, they would earn way more more gaming for people trying out the ships. They want to try, oh, let's see how this one works. Like the tier 10, 100 doubloons, you have like a seven-day try it out or whatever. And then if you want it later on, give them a discount. Like, I don't know, 50% because they still already bought like the 100. So you already have this one. You get the extra discount. So then you can buy a tier 10. But I don't like people buying tier 10s either. But at least they're going to then get in people for a way cheaper price. But then more people are going to get in because it's so cheap. Yeah, but... selling. I don't think that will benefit them a lot. Well, first of all, you need, like, if, if you make it so cheap, you need a lot of people spending money. And that also means that even more people will just skip the grind and go directly to, to like, tier 10. And the problem is, right, people will, people are a lot less likely to stay with the game if they immediately skip to tier 10. Because first of all, they don't have the, the motivation of grinding anymore. And second of all, they have no idea how this game plays. So they'll just get wrecked pretty heavily. And they'll be like stupid game and possibly leave. 
if somebody spent 30,000 doubloons for their ship, then they, they have an in investment in the game, so they are more likely to stick with it and not immediately drop it. And the people, most people that it's, it's better to keep, or it's easier to keep people around. I think if they just play the game regularly and grind through it, they just skip or need to get a high tier ship. What I would like to see is if you could like try out in not not in an actual random battle, but maybe in a co-op game, a premium ship. If there was like, hey, you can't play like one co-op battle with this this premium ship, or so or three co-op battles, right? And then you can decide if you buy it or not. That that I mean, would that I think be a nice idea. Yeah, that that would be uh, a pretty consumer-friendly move overall if people could actually uh... or like a twenty-four-hour, you know, try it out. Like, that wouldn't be a big problem because technically it's just, like, the rental ships that you had. Like, the clan battles, rent, mm-hmm. rental ships. So why could they not implement that in the game? Because if somebody wants to buy a premium ship, they have to buy it to try it out. And if they mm-hmm. don't like it, after one match, you don't really get an opinion about the ship. Like, that's... If you buy a... tech. Uh, a steel ship or a coal ship and you regret your purchase, you can actually go to like the support and say like, oh, sh- I made a mistake. It's possible to get your back, but only after one battle. That, that That's not like a good thing. One battle doesn't say everything. You can have a really great match or you can have a crappy match. I mean, the thing with the clan battle rentals is that in a clan battles, you, you basically, you know your clan, right? So you fully well know what what other people are capable of and you're fine with them just renting a ship and having fun in your clan but if if you make it too easy to test stuff in actual pvp battles that means you will end up more like in, in a test server environment and we all know how how the test server is right if everybody just can without consequences sort of try like a t10 ship in a random battle even if it's for, for a limited time, the quality of matches will even drop more and will, will drop pretty drastically. So I, I don't feel like that that's going to be... Wargaming is okay if somebody gives gives them like $200 or so. They are fine if they just skip everything and play a ship they have no idea of in Tier 10. But if, if everybody can just like try out ships in, in Tier 10 in random battles, I feel like it would really be a problem. But uh, if, if you can try out a ship, then it should be in co. Yeah. That that's what I was going to say. Like there, oh. there should be a limitation, like to co-op, like twenty-four hours or seven days, whatever. Like it's totally up to them. But it would be at least people can try out the ship, how it works. They can try out different equipment. Of course, after this trial period, you you get back your equipment. You spent the money at least. So at least you know they're going to get a, some sort of income. People paying like let's say a hundred doubloons. And then still trying them out because they're not going to do it with one ship. They're going to do it with 10 ships. And, you know, 100 balloons times 10. It's still going to be an income regularly because people, there's going to be new players constantly. It would certainly make it easier for people to actually make informed opinions because I think we all know as as streamers and and YouTubers and whatever, uh, it's probably a, well, it's for sure a minority of people that actually go and, and look up information online about potential ship purchases and uh, although there's resources out there you know it's it's, it's like if, if people aren't going and, and looking up that stuff then 
they're either like you sometimes just get people asking in the middle of a random battle they'll see you playing a premium one they'll be like oh is that any good <laughs> like that yeah. that's the level of of trying to get information for some people so if that if if, if those kinds of players could have the opportunity to play a, a, just a few doubloons and rent a ship and play it in co-op for you know a, a couple of days then uh, i think that would be no bad thing Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. If it, if it wasn't co-op, I'd totally be behind then. Because I think like co-op is where I normally when I get a new ship, I always try to co-op which angle I need to do this and so on and so on. But you also get like an idea of how it could perform. Like in a real battle, of course, co-op is totally different. But if you give them a, like a longer duration, like a week, as I said, then they get a more opinion. One battle. <laughs> You know, one battle is one battle, RNG. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. If you can play it for a couple of games, then you can see, like, how, how the share trajectories go and how much lead you have to give and how much you have to angle. And, and... I do know, like, another game that did this concept. And they actually said... Uh, in one of their posts, they earned this and that amount of money by just people trying out the ships, and it was like fifteen, like around twelve to fifteen percent of their total income because people were trying out the ships. They didn't even state the amount of ships that was bought by like this trial, and it was like a massive amount. People are way more likely, like if they they go, oh, I really enjoy that, then they're way more likely to actually go and uh, buy the thing they've, they've really enjoyed and had the chance to try out. I'm pretty sure World of Tanks has at some point done um, uh, like like tank rentals, but I can't remember the circumstances of it. And of course, that, that is just people getting a, you know, like a tier 8 premium for like a week to play in, in random battles which if somebody hasn't played a lot of tier 8s you know could not, not particularly be uh, a good thing but uh, yeah if, if, if it was you know we don't have that issue necessarily in, in warships people can just go into co-op so yeah it's like World of Tanks has even done this in some form so I don't see why why warships couldn't yeah I know actually when you just said it I remember I bought the French uh, heavy tank, the tier eight, I think it is, like the out, not the autoloader. Oh, the fifty T. Yes, exactly. Thank you. I actually bought it because I had a trial on it, and I did like it. Mm-hmm. It's not the board's best tank, but it had my playstyle, and I bought it. So, you know, congrats to Wargaming for like doing this because this is how you earn money. Give them some freebies because it doesn't cost them anything to do this some scripting for like let's say one or two days and then it's just an income for the rest of their lives yeah it's it's uh, it reminds me a bit on the the whole cosmetic thing right because warships has so long been against adding cosmetics or like trying to properly monetize that the wargaming is just often very resistant to good ideas because I don't know if if the idea didn't come from them, then it has to be bad or something like that. Seems to be an element of insularity there. 
which I, I don't know how much of that is um, different business culture in Russia or, or you know, like the, the uh, Belarus and, uh, uh, you know, that general area. So it's, it's, it's possible. But it, it does feel like um, they do need to be dragged, hick- uh, kicking and screaming towards good ideas sometimes. It, it sometimes feels like that for, for what, what, uh, whoever's in charge, that, that basically if it's not their idea, then it has to be bad. Like they, they, they aren't willing to accept that other people have good ideas or to broaden their horizons and see what's working elsewhere. They basically have such high opinion of themselves that they believe if it if they didn't come up with the idea themselves or so, then it must be bad. Or that's sometimes how it feels like. Like they know better than than everybody else. And if if another company makes a lot of money with an idea, then it doesn't matter to them because it wasn't their idea. Okay, it is. I mean, to be fair, that's probably not completely unique to 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 wargaming. I think a lot of um... Um, gaming companies kind of get stuck in the idea of, well, we do this things th- things this way, and it does lead to sometimes quite high profile failures, like uh, failures like like Anthem, for example, is kind of a famous recent example of, of Bioware um, just completely uh, getting so admired in in their own uh, ethos of, well, you know, things all come together at the last minute and. And and you know we've got the we've got Bioware magic on our side, and we we, we do these things this way because we've always done things this way, and it just ended up being a whole absolute complete messy failure. So, uh, it, yeah, wargaming is, is is not unique in that regard, I, I think. But uh, it, it would be nice if all the examples of other companies doing successful things in terms of monetization and cosmetics and whatever you could point to and. And if 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 they would actually um, uh, give that more credence and not just be like uh, it, it feels like they're quite dismissive. And uh, like if it, if it if it's uh, if it's not something they've considered already, then they just kind of don't really they don't really care. I remember back when I was still CC pointing out things from time to time, like you know, such and such a company does this. They're very successful with it, and they were just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wouldn't fit our game. You know, just like complete shutdown, dismissal yeah. kind of thing. Well, um, in, in other news, I think like the super ships are now no longer in the armory. There is a mission chain, I believe, that you have to accept in the article to to get super ships right now. Yes. Uh, I think it's XP based. Let me look that up. Combat missions. By, by reading news on our website, you can get valuable information that will help you navigate the season or you. Enjoy some direct benefits. Unlock special combat mission chains on our website. Each subsequent train will be more difficult than previous one, but rewards will be greater. Uh, yeah. So basically, they, they want you to read the articles and click buttons on it. Yes. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot more recently. Yeah, so um, first two stages are earn base XP. 
Uh, third stage, you unlock Yamagiri and Conde. Fourth stage, Zorki, Hanover. Fifth stage, you get Satsuma and Annapolis. And then having completed the fifth stage, that also unlocks the two aircraft carriers, United States and Eagle. And it's not that onerous, so... Yeah, it's just earn, earn some base XP, basically. I've already seen people in super ships in-game, so it hasn't taken long for people to to get those again. Well, those who read the article, I guess. Yes. Uh, there's also... Um, they're trying to entice people back into super tests in greater numbers. Um, Learning community tokens is not that new of a thing, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, there seems to be new, a uh, couple of new bundles, which seem to be not just the ship, but uh, a commander and a port slot as well. So Exeter, Ishizushi, and Leningrad are ones that you can, uh, I think you can already, I think they're already in the, the community tab. But I'm 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 guessing it's the fact they're coming with a port slot and a commander that's uh, meant to be the extra thing Possibly. beyond what there is now. And then there's a bunch of other things as well. New, um, new public test and rewards for it. Yeah, the rest of it is just existing things in the community tab, like just saying stuff that you can get with the community tokens. So yeah, uh, the, the 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 actual article title is you know how to get free premium ships with participating in the public test. I think it's just public. Publicizing largely what already exists in the game, but you know, for people that are unaware of uh, community tokens and the community tab, I mean, Leningrad is a pretty good ship if you enjoy your fast shooty destroyers. So I think that one honestly would be uh, uh, that one alone would be worth going for. But uh, it, it uh, depends on your will and ability to go and play sufficient battles on the test server, I suppose. Uh, sorry, Ponte. I, I can't say it's an awesome ship. It's actually a really, really good one. I, I like it. Like it's. I actually bought it for the Bloons long ass time ago. Mm-hmm. But like, it's really nice to actually play. It's it gives a different playstyle than the traditional DDs. And you can even buy if you spend more community tokens a cool camo for it. Indeed. I mean, the overall um, reward is actually pretty decent, up to 2,500 tokens uh, on the live server and up to 5,000 for being in both rounds of the uh, the test. So, uh, yeah, so the, a, bit of, a bit of grinding required, but in terms of this being a free-to-play game, I think that's entirely reasonable. I think the like the bigger issue what I have with the test server is when I want to change my password or even try to log in because sometimes the test is not up for a longer period of time where we can try and then you get logged out from your account. Then like, oh shit, I can't remember my password. So if you're trying to get your password, you have to visit a Russian site where, you know, Russian is my native language. So I do understand it and yet. But you understand, like, it's really hard to actually navigate through there and actually get your password. They need to make it way easier. Test server, like, they need to add the PT 
and then like order four ships and then everybody can have their password back instead of going to the Russian server, like their official homepage and then get your like account back. But, but don't sense. you don't you use like these days you use your like your regular account like you don't need a test ship account like a you, you uh, need test you account need. anymore? Yes, no, no, need. they've they've changed that two years ago, so you can use your your regular account to log into test yes. server. No, no, they get linked together, so your test account is linked to your main account. Okay. So all the ships you have on your main account gets to the test account. I've logged into this so in a while, but I thought you can just use your main account now to log in without creating anything. Yeah, but now as they are logged into the same one, you can't like, you know, cause when, as soon as you're on the, uh, whatever it's called, God, uh, my brain is melting. The login center, whatever. Yeah, the Wargaming center. Yeah, yeah thank you. The Wargaming center, when you pick the account, it literally says PT there, like on the account. Yeah, I can see Ethan opening it. Maybe, maybe it's going to be some weird thing where that, like, I remember that's definitely how it used to be. And maybe if you had your account from that time, it's still that way. But if you've created, like, if you've gone on to a test server post a certain time, it can just link to your regular account. I honestly can't remember. I haven't been on a on a on a PT server for absolutely ages. Yeah, I haven't been on there for a while either. I don't have it installed currently. I got it installed, but it's like it's still updating, but I can't log on because I can't get to the right site. And trying to get your new password is nearly impossible. Have you tried logging in with your regular account and see if that works? On the PT, how? I can't. There is, like, PT does not have a different client. Like, when you're on the launcher, it links that but you need to log on to your account to launch the PT account. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It sounds very convoluted and very... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, really complicated to log on to your PT, like since they did this change. Before, you could actually just have your password on the client, on the PT, because that was a total different client. Now you can't, because like everything is mixed together. Okay. At least that's what I noticed, but, you know, I could be yeah, totally... I, I can't comment really because I haven't tried to log on to my PT account for a long time. I, don't... Anyway, I think that takes us to about the end of what we were going to talk about. I don't think there's any more... Like, there's a dry dock video about Orkan, which will probably be okay, and there's actually a little... There's yet another button in there you can click on to get some community tokens or something out of it. So, yeah, they really want you to check all of the articles these days. Oh, yeah. Those buttons. But yeah, I don't think there is much else otherwise to uh, to cover. I think there was some, I think the, uh, the, the prime rewards this month have been. There was just a new one like yesterday or the day um, before. Yeah. I kind of like it. I still got the gift container, but at least they're giving us, like for the people that have Prime Gaming, they're giving us a little bit more extra instead of just a tier four ship that you're anyway going to get. I, in my opinion, that's just bollocks. There is there is a very slim possibility of getting a Tulsa, a Rochester, or a Scharnhorst. Yes, or a, or a Tulsa. 
got a 1% chance for a Tulsa, 2% chance for a Rochester, and a 2% chance for a Scharnhorst. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you're not having to... It's like you're not... If, if you're completely lucky and get it and then don't have to pay anything extra for it, it's it's pretty nice, I guess. But that's 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 pretty slim odds. Yeah, but let's say, like, 10 people get the Tulsa in the whole world. I think congratulations. That's the only thing I can say. If it wasn't that few, then yeah. that would be a bit... <laughs> there are probably more more people with a Prime account. Yeah, but Maybe I'm just saying, like... Yeah. What they could do actually saying after, I don't know, each and every event, this and the, this amount of people actually got this chip and that chip, it actually contributes more to, like, e- people getting Prime Gaming, you know. It would certainly seem more worth it in... in uh people's eyes potentially i suppose if, if they thought there was a better chance of uh getting a, a nice higher tier ship war game now i hope you're listening don't don't worry any feedback is immediately shredded anyway Yeah, they have a printer that comes out of the, the suggestions forum and the, the discourse, and it just kind of prints out and immediately feeds into a shredder. It doesn't show on your Prime account when I was in Walter, so I think if you click that claim button, I think it takes you directly to the claim on Prime. For me, it was just in the usual app in, on Twitch, but I think if you press that claim button, it will immediately throw you to, to where you can claim it, technically. Yeah, but you have to link your account. Keep that in mind. Sometimes, I don't know how this happens, but people have been unlinked. I don't know why, but yeah. Uh, the last time where grid unlinking happened was when, when Twitch, I think, got hacked and lost a lot of its its accounts. And then you had to relink everything because they changed your passwords on, on Twitch and to relink everything or something like that. I didn't need to. But... Uh, yeah, there, there have been unlinkings in the past, I guess. Uh, well, yeah. Should we should we wrap things up then? Yeah, I think we can. So, where can we find you, Mister Z Files? Well, on Twitch, of course. Well, where else? I stream <laughs> the same days as Etim, except on Fridays because he has his Cat YouTube podcast. So, yeah. I find that's really good, and that everyone should listen to that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it even uh, c- contains cats sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, with that, thanks everyone for watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.